Church. That's nice. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. This is, um, we are going to start this morning uh, with things in a, in a bit of a different order, um, just to keep us awake. And in a few moments, we are going to be very awake, um, because we, uh, we have the gift this morning to have um, the Pivot Ministry with us, um, their, their choir, the group of wonderful guys um, who we have had before, um, who get us rocking and rolling and just in a, in a wonderful, wonderful spirit. Um, I'm, let me just share just a, a moment because they're going to be speaking um, later on in the service. And they're going to be singing um, throughout the service this morning, three different times, talking with us also. And, but let me just share a little bit um, before, um, before they begin. And that is, and this is like, I think, coming straight off your website. Based in Bridgeport, Pivot Ministries is a nine-month alcohol and drug addiction faith-based residential recovery program. They provide vocational support, counseling support, peer-to-peer engagement, volunteer and intern opportunities, family counseling services are offered to men 18 years of age and older, and they are awesome. God bless you. We love you so much. Yes, right? And come on and sing. Sing us into worship this morning, will you? Oh 
this day our daily bread and forgive us as we have forgiven and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from
morning. Good morning. Please join with me in our responsive call to worship that you will find in your bulletins. We live together in God's kingdom on earth, a kingdom that calls us to have love rule over all, a kingdom where enemies embrace, a kingdom where all people are recognized as your children and treated as such. A kingdom where kindness is valued over self-interest. A kingdom of God's glory, where we live out our faith, where we feed the hungry and protect the endangered, where we house the homeless and welcome the stranger. With all that we are and all that we can be, let us worship God, whose kingdom will never end. Our loving God, of all people, all nations, all races, all ages, we come this morning filled with love and gratitude for being able to be together once again. But we also come with broken hearts at the violence, bombings, loss of life, loss of homes and homeland, at the war on citizens, our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine. And in addition to our broken hearts and sense of grief, we also come with a sense of some confusion as to the senselessness and the question of why. Why cause so much disruption, pain, loss, angst, suffering, confusion, and grief? For what? What can possibly be worth more than human life itself? And your answer, as we know, God, is nothing. Nothing is worth that. And so, God, all that we bring with us this morning, we pray. We pray for you to enter in, and what's more, we pray that we pay attention to you, for you are here. Your healing is here. Your wisdom is here. Your guidance is here. May we listen. May we receive you. May we be inspired and moved by your presence and love. And may we shine and share your love this hour in our worship and beyond. Be with us as we pray, as Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Congregational Church. Good morning. Good morning. Well, 
welcome to worship. Welcome Pivot Ministries. Welcome all of you. This is going to be such a special Sunday. Um, A Sunday where we hold, you know, the really, the tough realities that Sadna just prayed over, as well as the joy that this is the day that the Lord has made, a, a day of celebrating new life and faith. We are so grateful that you are joining us here. And If you are new to us, we ask you to take out that friendship register, write your name, sign a note, let us know what's happening in your life. We're so glad you're here. I also, so we have a couple of announcements for the the church community, and the first one is, of course, a welcome to pivot and a challenge. I, I offer a challenge because I have heard whispers from members of Southport Congregational Church that you would like to be dancing in the aisles. And I would like to personally invite you to do that, to clap your hands, to sing as we just saw. This is your moment. And if you've been waiting for that, this is your call. (laughs) Thank you. We have a very full service, full of aisles, all of that. We have an exciting baptism of Avery Grace Barlett. And it's also been a very full weekend. Yesterday, we celebrated the magnificent life of Perry Spate. We also celebrated the wedding of Bridget Lynn Foster and Dylan Charles Levitt. And it promises to be a very full day as well. Right after this service, after fellowship hour, where we all, you know, have a little bit of an after party, we'll have a second hour in the library where you can learn about theology with Dave Stewart and myself with part of this series of bringing Yale Divinity School to SCC. Today we're going to be talking about the Trinity. It promises to be an exciting theological discussion. We hope to see you there. That's at 11.30 p.m. And then there's also meditation in the library at 4 p.m. with Reverend Paul Whitmore. Um, So that'll be a nice time of quiet and grounding. That'll take place for the next couple weeks. So join on in. Um, And then it's also the Lenten season. So if you look in your program, again, very full, there's an exciting whole list of things coming up as we join into this Lenten season and as we prepare for Easter. So do mark your calendars for Palm Sunday on April 2nd, for Maundy Thursday on April 6th, a special dinner where we get together to celebrate um, the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. There will be an RSVP for church members first and then guests second. That's due by March 26th. Then Friday, April 7th, we have the Stations of the Cross. Easter Sunday brings us around to resurrection on April 9th. That will begin with a Sasko beach service led by the confirmation class and then communion and sanctuary service at 10 a.m., And to prepare for that, we do have the Easter food basket drive, so please deliver your items by March 31st. If you don't have time to shop to bring food to our mission partners, you can send a cash donation or Venmo to us. That information's in your bulletin. And then finally, we're going to want to decorate this place filled with flowers and lilies. And if you'd like to help us by purchasing a plant in honor or in memory of a loved one, that information is also in your bulletin. We... um, Before we finish up and invite our next speaker, um, we do want to mention that we appreciate your patience for any sound issues that happen with live stream or here in the audience. We are in a liminal stage with our audio visual system here. um, And so the video has been wonderful, but we are still waiting as so many of us are on supply chains to 
wrap things up with our audio equipment. And so we are so grateful that we have incredibly beautiful, wonderful singers who brought their own live stream equipment or their own audio equipment. And we're so grateful for your voices, which we do hope to hear. Um, but just as we enter into the season, we so appreciate your patience as we transition to a new system that will be able to bring live stream and good audio and visual to all of us. So at this time, I would like to welcome up our friend from Pivot Ministries, Mr. Limus Smith, to share his testimony. Good morning, church. Uh, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Um, my name is Lyman Smith, and um, I, I came from so Somerville, South Carolina, about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes from Charleston, South Carolina. Um, my life I came, became unmanageable due to alcoholism. You know, I was struggling. Alcohol was the center of everything that I do, and I needed help. So I came to uh, Pivot Ministries by the way of a friend told me about it. Because uh, he was a graduate, a graduate here, there, and um, I figured that I'd give it a try. So, 16 hours on the train to uh, Connecticut, and seven months late, seven months later, I'm standing here before you. Um, oh. As of yesterday, um, I, I celebrated my 46th birthday. Um, the, <laughs> yes, um, the first birthday I had sober and clean in so many years. And I figured that's the best gift I can have. <laughs> um, not to take too much of your time. Um, I'm in my, like I said, I'm in my seventh month. And a lot, a lot, I learned a lot from Pivot. I restored my faith with God, and I got to take him with, with me everywhere I go. I got to put him first and foremost before I even plan anything, because he was there when I was broken, when I came to Pivot. And I turned my back on him, and he still was there. And I owe him all of grace and mercy. And to that, <laughs> y'all enjoy the rest of y'all's service. <laughs> Yeah. 
announce for a very special sacrament of baptism. <laughs> To, we got to um, have your wedding here and um, your confirmation here. Um, and now we get to baptize Avery Grace, who, as I was looking at that, um, uh, looking at her name, I'm thinking, Amazing Grace. And what uh, today is, is absolutely full of that. So, what a wonderful blessing to be able to, um, to welcome you into our congregation, Avery. Um, yeah. Avery's a little shy, so. <laughs> and it makes me think of Jesus saying, let the children come to me, let the children come to me, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. Um, we, well, we, we baptize Avery, um, we also realize that we, that we learn from you, we're going to be learning from you, Avery, what the essence and what the joy of life is all about. <laughs> and we can rejoice, we can uh, just embody God's grace and joy through you. Yes. So, we, this is a, a, a sacred time where we get to say thank you, God, for this gift of life for Avery. Um, and we give you back to God with all of our love and with all of our support. Peter and Lexi, as you present your daughter for baptism, you are entrusted with gifts and responsibilities to live with her among God's people, sharing with her the word of God and nurturing her in faith and prayer so that she may learn to trust God, to proclaim Christ's love through word and deed, to care for others in this world, and to work for justice for all people. With this understanding, do you promise to help Avery Grace grow in her Christian faith and life in the instruction and understanding of the love and will of God as understood through scriptures and traditions of our faith? We do. We do. All right, Petey, as Avery's big brother, she will look up to you, want to do what you do, say what you say, and be just like you are. So do you promise to do your best to be loving and kind so that she can grow to be as kind and thoughtful and loving <laughs> I do. I heard it. And now all of you who are gathered here to witness this occasion, no matter where you're from or what church you belong to or what denomination you are, we are all members of God's family. And we represent the church universal. And so understanding that life takes us on many paths and sometimes to unknown places in this moment, you represent all the churches and communities that Avery might grow up in. You've worshipped with her, you've danced with her, you've sung with her, and so with that understanding, I ask you all to stand if you are able to welcome her into God's family. <laughs> 
And let's join together in our congregational welcome that you will find in your bulletin. As the living and loving Spirit of Christ, we as this family of faith receive a re-raised parcel into our love and care. We promise to support her and her parents in their efforts to guide her in the way of life and faith, and will provide through our own example the knowledge and love of God. So as, oh, you may be seated, thank you. <laughs> as we baptize Avery today, um, we baptize her with water from the River Jordan itself, where Jesus himself was baptized, with water from the Sea of Galilee, where Jesus performed most of his ministry, and from water from Southport Harbor, which is her <laughs> homeland. So with that, I ask you, what is the full Christian name of your child? Avery Grace Bartlett. Avery Grace, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this is your newest sister in Christ. upon you and fill you with love and grace and courage and strength and peace now and throughout your life now and forevermore in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen and now on behalf of your church family we offer you her bible her baptismal certificate and a rose, a symbol of love. Okay, so um, as we sing our next hymn, our children can depart for the chapel uh, for church school.
please be seated. I think um, the Holy Spirit has, oh, thank God. He, he disappeared and he reappeared. It's a miracle, everyone. So as we just take a moment in prayer and, and a little bit of silence, let me invite you to lift a few people um, in your prayers, if we can pray for our love to be certainly with the Spate family um, and for Perry's friends and loved ones and for our choir who sang with him for his 39 years and for all the time that you've been here. Um, and um, may God be with you, Perry, and with us all. May we pray for those who are continuing to go through chemotherapy treatments. Uh, those who are recovering from surgeries, from injuries, um, including Hank Greer, and those who continue to rehab, uh, Neil Rice, Haley Stevenson. May we pray with great celebration for Bridget Foster and Dylan Lovett, who are now Mr. and Mrs. Lovett, who were married here yesterday, and to all their families, um, and of course, Avery Grace Bartlett and... Uh, and her whole wonderful family, Peter and Lexi, proud grandparents who are here with us um, with thanks and with love and support and with great celebration and wonderful gratitude um, for our friends at Pivot Ministries. And we are so, so happy, as you can tell, I think, um, <laughs> that you are here uh, and that you're really leading us in, in spirit today. Um, and filling us in so many ways. So with this, if we can join together in prayer, let us pray. Our God of all peoples, nations, races, on a day like today, for all those who are living in your safety, beauty, and grace, freedom, blessings, family, friends, abundant resources, it's easy. It's easy and good to see you all around us as spring hints of emerging and as we embrace the promise of new life. For those, however, who are in the midst of raging war and threats to their life and safety, with bomb blasts and gunfire, or maybe it's in the grip of addictions, or trying to navigate through the news of a new diagnosis, or going through treatments, or walking through grief and loss, seeing and feeling your presence and grace comes much more through cries of help for you to intervene in some way, spiritually for you to cut through, to bring some peace, to give some guidance, to help as, as an anchor, to help us muster with some needed courage on what can sometimes be a crazy and a rough, rough ride through what we call life. And we pray, God, that your presence may be loud and clear, that your presence may be bold. And if we are in a place of strength and goodness and celebration and ease, thank you, God. And in our celebration and, and ease and joy with our, with our gifts, may we share them. 
to lift others, to be partners with your grace, to be that answer of prayer that others may be having, asking you, where are you, God? Can you hear me, God? Can you help me, God? Do you care? So with our love, with our blessings, may we, as we have the privilege of representing you, say yes. May we say yes, Lord. You are here, God. And however we may be, today and tomorrow, in joy or in sorrow, in good health or ill, strong or needing strength, we thank you for being with us, for working through us, as we open our souls and welcome you to be fully in our midst, in our minds, in our hearts, in our hands, in all these ways to add to the fullness of your life. You are here. We are here in all of it with you. Thank you, Lord. Through the Spirit of Christ, this we pray. Amen. the body of Christ and each uh, having our different roles. And at this time with our morning offering, we have the role of, <laughs> I was going to say, I'll just say, I was going to say of digging into our pockets and, <laughs> and sharing our grace. Why don't we just say it? Uh, <laughs> we have the role of helping. We have the role of, of, of lifting and, and serving. And what a privilege that is, God. So may we say yes to that privilege as we now share our gifts with others as they will be received and shared once again.
day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Um, this morning I was given four scriptures. Um, I had an idea to preach on the culture of kindness and these are the scriptures that God gave to me. So let's join together and read them. The first two are written by St. Paul. The third is the words of Jesus himself. And the fourth is just a wise proverb for us to contemplate. So let's join together in the word of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And then Jesus' words, yep. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. This is the word of God. May God add a blessing to our understanding of it. So let me take... Oh, our, our body mics aren't working anymore, so I'm stuck to the microphone. I'm going to just I'm gonna go here. So let me take you back to the 1980s, 1990s. We thought a simpler time when we look back, but actually it wasn't as simple, but in one way that I can think of, the 80s and 90s were easier. You know why? Because every Friday night, all of us had the same schedule. We ordered a pizza, and while it was being made, we ran to Blockbuster and rented a video on VCR. Now, these tapes are kind of archaic now, although many of them still reside in our storage room. 
But those bulky, sometimes temperamental tapes held a hidden test of humanity. And apparently most of us failed. With more than 10,000 VHS tapes in an average blockbuster, all they asked was that after we watched the movie, <laughs> that we press, hold on to that, that we re press and rewind. And all we had to do was wait a little over one minute for the tape to rewind so it was ready for the next person. And then put it back in its hard case, return it to the store on time, or pay those exorbitant fees. But apparently, people, this was too much for America. <laughs> apparently, people could not be trusted with the common courtesy, decency, and kindness to rewind their tapes. So what? So Blockbuster came up with, an org, uh, with a slogan. What was the one thing they asked? Be kind, rewind. <laughs> it's, it's funny, but it's also kind of sad, right? In this single campaign, the definition and understanding of kindness was reduced to the simple-minded consideration of rewinding a VHS tape and the belief that being kind is something that we inherently have. But what if that's not the case? What if people don't come by kindness naturally? What if there is something else that facilitates mo our motivation to kindness? It's not our brains. And this is what St. Paul is talking about when he references the nine fruits of the Spirit. Those fruits, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, goodness faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's a song we teach the church school, so it literally was messing with my head as I was trying to just speak them. Uh, he, he says, these are not part of our makeup. Can that be true? So let's explore that, because kindness is a complex and profound thing. It's really not simple. There aren't simple acts of kindness. It isn't always seen in, as an every person, every minute of the day sort of action. We can see that clearly in the world around us. And because of that, kindness has taken a weird turn. Instead of being something common, it's now becoming something that needs to be part of a bigger movement. There's an improv group called Improv Everywhere that has become famous by doing kind things for people because they believe there isn't enough kindness in the world. So what do they do? They go to an airport. They read the sign off of some driver who's standing there, which has just one name. They quickly write signs out to that person. And then a mob of 50, 60 people wait for that person to come through the doors. And they give them balloons and signs and cheering and roses and chocolates yelling, welcome home, welcome home. They put a goalie and a soccer goal in, a, in parks in New York City and wait for someone. And I've watched the videos. I have to tell you, they're old people, young people, all kinds of people. Look at the goalie standing there. They walk up to the soccer ball, and they go down to score a goal. And, of course, the goalie intentionally misses, at which point 50 people dressed in two team shirts come running out from nowhere, congratulating, lifting up, cheering the person who just scored the game-winning goal. They ride the subway until they find a young teen girl who's turning 16, and then they throw her a huge birthday party right there on the train. 
But I have to ask myself, what motivated that group to believe that they need to go out into the world and spread kindness in these huge ways? Clearly, in their experiences, kindness is just not an everyday act. So, let me ask you, does kindness really need some kind of big gesture? I think maybe it does, because there's a worldwide obsession with random acts of kindness. When I googled random acts of kindness ideas, in 0.98 seconds, Google produced 9,840,000 hits for me to look at. Are we really that unsure of what an act of kindness is? Apparently we are. Has kindness become such a rare novelty in our culture that we need more than 9 million websites to tell us how to be kind? Apparently, we do. So what's up with this lack of or this culture of kindness that is trying to produce kindness in such grandiose ways to wake us up to say, be kind? Have we as humans forgotten how to tap into being kind? I think maybe we have. Or maybe, this is welcome to my brain, maybe we didn't know how to do it in the first place. Now that is what St. Paul is saying. Our scripture comes from Galatians. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, a member of the Holy Trinity, which you'll hear about later this afternoon, the Holy Trinity and our Christian faith. So what is, what is this Holy Spirit that we talk about? It's simply the energy of God that is living and working all around us, an energy that we can and we need to tap into often. So when St. Paul wrote the fruit of the Spirit, what did he mean? An easy way of thinking of it is just to simply substitute the word qualities for the word fruit. The qualities of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the song. So those qualities belong to the Spirit. They don't belong to us. So where does St. Paul get this idea? This is kind of radical. He gets it from that radical human Jesus himself. Jesus doesn't say, peace I leave with you. Jesus says, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives do I give unto you. He also, says, he does, he also doesn't say, I have brought joy so that joy can be with you and da-da-da. He says, my joy. My joy I bring to you so that, you're, you're, so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete, fulfilled. So this word kind that Paul uses, that in itself is a really interesting thing. The meaning of that specific word in Greek means kindness is a spiritual state of being. A quality shown in the way a person speaks and acts. It is more than an act of will. It is more an act of will than of an emotion. Now here's something else fun about that Greek word. It only appears ten times in the Bible. And it always appears in Paul's letters when he's talking about what kindness is. 
because Paul understands the type of kindness that Christians need to practice. It's a type of kindness wrapped up in Christ's love, in Christ's joy, in Christ's peace. This is an intentional word choice by Paul. There are lots of other words for kindness in Greek. But again, this isn't a new idea to Paul. He gets this from Jesus. It's a message Jesus talks about over and over. The story of the unmerciful servant, the good Samaritan, the story of the crucifixion. Jesus' other words when he says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' yoke, it's one of gentleness, of love, of forgiveness, of peace, of kindness. So basically, Jesus is saying, cast aside that yoke that ties you to pulling a load of stress and anxiety, of pain and anguish, of not feeling good enough or worthy enough, and yoke yourself to him to gentleness, to kindness, to joy and peace and love. Can we do that? We can. Because kindness is a choice. It's an action. It's a spiritual practice that we need to exercise every day. If something is a fruit of the Spirit, it means it's a gift from God, a gift that we actually have to receive. It isn't something that we're born with. It's an energy that we need as people of faith to tap into. We can see that by watching children. How many times do we say to a toddler, be nice, play nice? That's not nice. What we're saying is be kind, play kindly. That's not kind. So if kindness isn't something that we're born with and it's a gift of the spirit, does that make be kind rewind a a spiritual mantra and a spiritual lesson? It might. Be kind. Rewind to the spirit. Go back and tap into the gift of kindness you are, so that you can be courteous to others. In fact, we are called to tap into being kind. We are called to make a conscious choice to be kind. And here's the great news. Kindness leads to kindness. It's that old pebble-in-the-pond ripple effect. Once you tap into that energy of kindness, others around you will feel that energy, and they too will be moved to act themselves. Like the eight fruits of the Spirit, because these are all things that God embodies, and therefore things that the Holy Spirit embodies. They are gifts to us whenever, whenever we want them. And while, as I said, human nature does not naturally tend toward these qualities, the concept is that if we rely on the Holy Spirit, we can develop them and we can live them out more easily. And here's something else. Each fruit hinges on the other. Because we actively love, we are kind. Because we are kind, we are patient. Because we are patient, and so on and so on. And when we possess all the fruits, which is our goal as humans, that is our goal, we are at one with God and therefore at one with each other. So, you know, spring's almost here. And let me give you an apple tree example. An apple tree doesn't have to work very hard to produce an apple. When this 
When the seed has all its inner needs met, an apple is born. And the apple tree lives out its purpose. The same is true for each of us. We have the seeds of the fruit of the Spirit within us, but we need to tap into the Holy Spirit to make sure those seeds have all their inner needs met so we can be the best version of ourselves, the version God created us to be, and then we can live out our purpose fully. So how do we walk in the Spirit? It's simple. Just welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. I know, I know. I'm not going to look here. You all know how to do that. I'm going to look here. Because those are uncomfortable. That's uncomfortable kind of language. It's a bit hokey, Laura. Like, welcome the Holy Spirit into your life. Yep, that's what we're going to do today. And I love how God works because this sermon is not the sermon I was going to preach, but it is the sermon that came out. And I think it's because of you, your energy. That's what I think. So... I want you to stay with me because once we get over this awkward feeling of saying these words, I welcome the Holy Spirit in my life. They become so powerful. And it's the only way. I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life. In this world that we are living where kindness is not prevailing, behavior towards all of God's people is hurting and in trouble. We need to get our own selves in line with the Spirit and start to nurture those seeds. We can't sit back anymore and hope that somehow there will be good enough soil and fertilizer and sun and water that our seed will simply just prosper inside of us. We can't afford to do that anymore. Our world needs us to tap into the Spirit. We need to practice cultivating that soil. We have to fertilize it with faith. We have to shine our faith upon it. And we need to water it with the power of that baptismal water. So how do we say this? How do we do this? First, by saying those words. I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life. Go ahead. Try it. Second, we do it by staying close to the Spirit. We do it by making our community of faith and worshiping together a priority in our lives, a priority over work calls, special projects that need our weekend attention, sports events on Sundays at 10, the ease and comfort of pajamas and coffee and live stream. And yes, I'm talking to you. (laughs) We need to gather together in community, feel this energy that we have here. We need to be in common fellowship to absorb and share this energy of our faith with one another. So thirdly, you're going to have to say it again, I welcome the Holy Spirit into my life because we need to tap into the Spirit through prayer. Now this is not a new message for you. You have heard just a few sermons, attended a number of second hours, a talk by Duke Professor Harold Koenig who laid out all the medical research of how prayer is good for your health. So I'm not sure I need to say more. But if somehow you haven't found the time or the way to pray, begin today. Set aside some time, mute the phone, start out by saying, I am here, God, to be with you. Then go ahead and tell God anything, everything. Don't worry, you can't shock God. God is conscious of more stuff about you than you're even conscious of stuff about you. Just exercise another fruit of the Spirit. 
the fruit of patience when you pray, because God will be there with you, and God will reveal God's self on God's time. All right, fourth, the way we can start is? That's right. And we can tap into the spirit through meditation. Meditation is different from prayer. If you don't know how, come by the sanctuary or the library today at four and learn meditation from Paul. He's been practicing for more than 40 years. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Because we're here to help you develop these practices if you want to learn. All right, do it again. Louder. Yep, you know how you can do that? How what the Spirit will do for you is will help you do kind things for others. Not for your own honor or glory, but just to live out kindness in this world. Take chances. Be brave in your kindness. Offer to buy that guy in the black hoodie standing on the corner in Fairfield a cup of coffee from Starbucks. As Paul said last week, carry Stop and Shop or other gift cards with you and pull over on the side of the road when you see someone in need and let that person know you see them, that you recognize them as your brother or sister in Christ and share with them the gift of food. We heard this week that one member, after hearing Paul's sermon, went out and bought a bag full of gift cards, gift cards to share. Deliver roses to that neighbor who once did something unexpected and nice to you. And lastly, stay connected in godly commun- staying connected in godly community is vital. The more connected we are and the more connected our children are to other children of faith, the more we engage in practices like these, the more room we make for the Holy Spirit, the more we surrender to God's crying out to be kind to one another, the more fruits pop up and our spirit-led response will be love. And you know what? We won't have to work so hard to be kind. We won't have to do grandiose gestures to see what kindness looks like. So what do you say? Let's continue to create a culture of kindness today and let us begin it now with this one last time. You know what to do. Yes, thank you. And to get that spirit moving again within us. Our closing music today will be another spirit-filled song by our Pivot Ministries Choir. Amen. But I've 